Why do you want to fight? This is the fight game with Demond Cotton. Hello, hello, fight fans out there. Welcome to the fight game. I am your host, Damon Cotton, and I say it each and every week, but boy, do we have a lot to talk about in the world of combat sports. I spent this past week out at Radio Row in Phoenix, Arizona, ahead of the Super Bowl between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. And for those of you who do not know, I know that this is the fight game. And yes, I was at Super Bowl Radio Row all week. That's why you're getting the show a little bit late this week. But fight talk galore at Radio Row. We're going to be joined by Dana White on this episode of The Fight Game. But wait, there's more. UFC light heavyweight champion Jamal Hill will also be joining us. But wait, there's more. Also, UFC bantamweight contender The Sugar Show, Sugar Sean O'Malley is going to be joining us. And wait, there's more. Triple C. Henry Cejudo is going to be joining us here on the fight game as well. Juju Gotti from the Levitard and Friends Network, co-host of the MMA Hangout. So we're going to be talking to him, get some of his thoughts on the fight game as well. All of the biggest storylines. You got Connor coming back. UFC 284 is taking place <laughs> today on this Saturday. And you also have UFC 285, the return of John Jones. I mean, there's so much to talk about in the world of combat sports. The fight game is always popping, y'all. It's always popping. The fight game is always there. And at the end of the show, we're going to have a, I'll call it, one for me, as we're going to be talking to Brian Curtis from The Ringer, and that's going to be good, too, so stick around for that. This is the first show that we've had since the Royal Rumble in WWE, and I've got to start there because we got interviews loaded up. You're going to hear from the biggest stars in the UFC. But when it comes to the WWE... What I tell y'all about Cody Rhodes? This is the first show since he's won the Royal Rumble. Came in at number 30, put on a show with Gunther to close it out, winning the men's Royal Rumble. Cuts the promo, getting you excited for the potential matchup with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. This past Monday, cutting another fantastic promo with Paul Heyman. Hey, man. I said it from the jump. I know everyone's saying, how do they not do Sammy? Or maybe this is this is Jay's story. Maybe main event Jay is going to be the one to take that title off of the universal undisputed champion Roman Reigns. But if these past two weeks haven't shown you that Cody Rhodes is that guy, he's up next in the WWE, I don't know what more convincing than you need. Because Sami Zayn, it's a good story. The YouTube video shows that, hey, the social show that the crowd is behind Sami Zayn. And that is true. But that Cody story, it just, hit, it just hits different. It just hits different what Cody Rhodes is being able to do in the WWE universe. The tie-in with his father, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. The work with Paul Heyman. Setting up this story with Roman Reigns. I'm telling you. I've been here from Jump Street. I've been here since last WrestleMania. But I hope that you're going to finally come along with me. Those of you who were maybe a little bit on the fence, because like I said, we have nothing but great guests on this show. But even some of the guests that we have on the show where they would say, yeah, they, I think they got to change course and go with Sammy at WrestleMania. It's like, eh, I don't know about that one. I don't know about that one. 
because I have been enthralled by the work that Cody Rhodes has been putting in the WWE. That's all the WWE talk I'm going to give you because we do got to get into all of these interviews. Like I said, back to back to back to back to back. And we're going to start things off with Dana White. Let's get it on. Uh, Dana White is with us. Damon is here as well. It's ESPN Las Vegas. So I got to start out with, I'm fighting with the guys on the show, including your guy, Adam Hill, about Power Slap. Mm-hmm. I friggin' love it. And I probably do 10 minutes on it every week. And he looks at me, he's so mad. Who, he's so Hill? mad. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you what, uh, you know, one of the things that I've learned over the years is when the media hates what you're doing, you got a winner. You got an absolute winner, man. So, uh, You know, obviously, uh, my New Year's Eve incident was, uh, you know, ironic, the timing of it and everything else. So, you know, it's been a uphill battle, you know, because, you know, I'm fighting over here, I'm fighting over here. But the success of, of this thing was what I expected it to be. Um, we started it. We started a TikTok for this thing like three weeks ago. It's I, I don't know what it's at today, but it's it was at 1.7 million last time I looked. 688 million views in less than three weeks. Um, it, our Instagram account is is up around 400,000 followers. Um, we've done 110 million views oh my God. On, on that. And what we've done on Rumble, Rumble has the rights to international, and we're starting to notice. You know, I knew the t- two no-brainers were going to be Poland and Russia. But, you know, we're looking at India, Canada, UK, and some of these other markets where it has blown. So in the next three weeks, so the, the, the moral of the story is you're right and Adam Hill is wrong. For once, um, I'm right. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. For once, I'm right. And huh? even on the network, um, you know, the network we have, uh, we're the only thing in that slot. They've tried um, American Dad, Family Guy, Bob's Burgers, uh, Young Sheldon, all these different things. After AEW wrestling, it just mm-hmm. drops off into the abyss. We've held 50% of their audience, and every night, every Wednesday night, we're number two with men uh, on all of television right behind the NBA. So, And when you think about this product, it's really, you know, cable television is... It, you know, yeah, it, it's all TV ratings aren't what they use. It's hundred percent. It's not. It's not what. You, and I don't want to sound like I'm. I'm. Uh, you know, cranking on TBS. TBS has been awesome to us. So, um, but yeah, this 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 thing's a. It's a smash hit. So I'm like the oldest person in the world who also loves TikTok. Right. <laughs> so I'm right around your. I think I'm six months younger than you, but I freaking love it. So I, I get it. And for me, this is all offense. It's all like, hey, defense is cool. People love offense. It's just offense all the time. Here, here's the other thing. You know, you, you have these these geniuses who who think they know what they're talking about when it comes to combat sports. Um, think about this. So when. You know, a typical boxing match happens, right? These guys get hit with four to 600 punches in a fight, okay? Then uh, that doesn't include all the punches they took sparring, getting right. ready for that fight. These guys take three or less slaps per event. And even when you look at the UFC, you, you, you look at the Glover Teixeira fight. How many, how many shins to the head did he take that night, you know, a couple weeks ago in that fight? The list goes on and on. Right. Now... When you look at, at me and, and what I've done as far as health and safety goes in combat sports, I spend a ton of money to make sure that these guys are as safe as you could possibly be in a combat sport. And uh, so from 2001 to 2023, there's been no deaths or serious injuries in the UFC. Okay? Boxing, 2001 to 2023, there's been 34 deaths. 
Okay, so you're talking about the the wrong sport and the wrong guy when you talk, you know, and and, and when you look at the attacks that have happened over the last three weeks on Power Slap, they're they're not attacking them; they're attacking me. Of course, this is all me. They're attacking me, and uh, you know, this thing is. Why wait and see what I do with this thing in the next four weeks? Power Slap. It's on TBS. I'm going to give them the reintro, but I think Wednesday know, nights on TBS. As you said, more importantly, it's all the social media because it's just really quick clips. You mentioned the safety, and I even noticed from the first show that you taped to the the next show that was you know more recent. I'm like, wait, this rule is in. This change. This change. Like the rules are kind of crazy. I'm all freaked out because I don't know how you would slap and not move your feet. Then there was Flinch guy last yeah, week where he's like, 100%. wait, I flinched. Like, yeah, dude, you keep flinching. Right. That's a rule. Exactly. You can't do it. Hundred percent. And. What we got to understand, too, is during this show, you're watching the evolution of this thing because the first event we did was in March to test this thing out and try it. Not only did the commission not know what they were doing, neither did we, you know. So as we started to get our, 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 our you know, I'm trying not to swear on this thing. I'm forgetting <laughs> we're on radio here and ESPN. But, you know, as we got our stuff together, you, you see the evolution of it. And Pelagian, this, and, and, and the other great thing about the show is every episode gets better and better. Pelagian just got done doing episode seven, just editing episode seven. He said episode seven is the best TV show he's seen in three years. Really? Yeah. So the, the, it's good content. It really works on social media, and it's been great on TBS for us, too. Dana White's with us here on ESPN Las Vegas. Damon is with us as well. We'll get into UFC here in a second. The other thing I've told people on the air and off the air is you look happy. Like, you are freaking excited, and I think it's because this is, like, almost going back to the beginning of UFC, and you just sounded like that two minutes ago, you know, pitching the league and fighting back against safety stuff. Like, how excited are you for this new project? Do you think you really have something gigantic here? Steve, you're dead on. I mean, when I look at the media and all the things that are being said, it is exactly what was said about the UFC in the early days. And people can't wrap their head around that now because, you know, the UFC is so big and it's so popular. But, yeah, people were like, this is horrible. This is disgusting. You know, these guys are all, somebody's going to die. And you can hit a guy and jump on top of all the same stuff that that I heard, you know, 23 years ago. Um, And this is fun for me. and It is exciting. And, again, I say this all the time. To, to the media and to the fans. I always say to these guys, you know what you know about this? What I tell you. That's what right. you know about it. I'm inside, <laughs> and I know exactly what's going on and what really is. And, and, and like I said, when, when the media starts uh, you know, getting negative and saying something isn't going to work, you know you got a winner on your hands. Well, and I remember you always saying that you know once UFC got to a point where guys were making gigantic money, then it's going to get really complicated. And this seems uncomplicated right now. Yeah, exactly. But and and you know what's happened? You know we had to go out and and sort of find these guys that were looked at as the best slappers in the world. And as we brought them in and turned it into a sport, we started to rank these guys during this season of the show. Like nine hundred and thirty people have now reached out to us saying we want to be involved in power slap so i don't know how real these guys so now we're trying to figure out we're actually going to put together like a combine in vegas like we did for this season <laughs> bring awesome. these guys in and find out who's who and what's what i love the training too the, the training last right. week i'm Coach like this Wolverine. is nuts this right. is nuts all right come on let's get into john jones is one of my favorite fighters of all time i've been sad to see him away but we got a big fight coming up here in vegas in march yeah, UFC 285, John Jones is finally coming back. That heavyweight division, Cyril Gaon. When it comes to this fight, what do you think this is going to do for John Jones' legacy? And also, Cyril Gaon, you know, if you can knock off John Jones, that's going to be a feather in the cap. That's a legacy-defining fight for both fighters. 
You just laid it out perfectly. That's exactly what it is. And, and the thing is with John Jones is, you know, his outside the octagon um, life has, has sort of overshadowed his inside. So people, whether you don't like him or whatever your deal is, you cannot deny that John Jones is the best of all time. He's never actually lost a fight. Uh, the only guy that's ever beat him was Mazzagotti. Uh, you know, and, and that bad call in that fight. He, he dominated that fight. He should have won that fight. He should have an O, uh, you know, in, in the uh, loss column on his record. But if he comes out and he can, Cyril Gone is actually a better fight th- than Francis was, you know. Um, Cyril is is actually the favorite in this fight now. Francis was the underdog in the fight going in with John Jones. Um, so for John, this is a much better legacy fight for him. If he can go in and beat Cyril Gone, who is a true heavyweight but moves like he's a middleweight, you know, stand-up is better. Uh, it's, it's, it's a big fight, like you said, for both guys. But for John Jones, there will be no argument whether you like him or don't like him personally that this guy is the greatest of all time and let's take it to ufc 284 that's going to be taking place this weekend in perth australia when it comes to these global cards what do you think the ufc is when it comes to the global cards and just making sure every country is represented we saw it this past weekend with the ufc fight night card in vegas at the apex yeah i mean it's you know we 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 did the road to the ufc on that one which which was fun you know we're always trying to cultivate new talent and trying to find the absolute best in the world like we are well, I was just talking about with Slap. You know, we're in the early stages of trying to find the best guys in the world. And, um, you know, but more importantly, this weekend, which has never been done, the number one pound-for-pound fighter yes. in the world versus the number two pound-for-pound fighter in the world, both world champions, um, you know, in the prime of their career. This is something that you never see in boxing. They can never make yes. these fights, you know. Um, and it's exciting. It's fun. It's going to be a, a great weekend. I know that these both of these guys, Volkanovski, Makachev, who I don't, I'm not asking you to pick who you think, but who do you think has the edge in this fight? Because for me, I'm, a, I'm team Volk because he's a short, stocky guy like me. So, you know, <laughs> hey, short kings, I'm rooting for the short king. Yeah, listen, if you look at Volkanovski's fight IQ, what he's been able to do um, and what he's been able to accomplish in this sport, I, I think the big question is going to be, can Makachev take him down? If, if Volkanovski stuffs that takedown and stays on his feet, we got a very interesting fight on our hands. Again, we're talking to Dana White on ESPN Las Vegas, and I've got to ask you about the ultimate fighter. Connor's coming back. Michael Chandler, what made you think that these two guys would be the perfect combination, more specifically Michael Chandler, to be that guy opposite of Connor? Yeah, well, every time we go into a new season of the ultimate fighter, it's all about the coaches. Who are going to be the coaches this season? And it always comes down to timing. A lot of guys already have fights. Matches are already made in different weight classes. Connor was coming back this year. A lot of talk about Chandler and Connor. And, uh, you know, Chandler called him out. And, and you cannot deny how absolutely violent that fight will be. Yep. It's going to be an incredible fight. And obviously, a very exciting. Uh, season of the Ultimate Fighter. It's the first time we've ever been on ESPN, the network, with with the show. Come on, let's wrap on this one. Dana White's with us here on Radio Row. How did you get Conor McGregor to come back? He is really rich. Well, like, how do you convince a guy well, that you it's don't. worth it? You don't. You don't. You don't get somebody to come back. They either have it and they want it, or they don't. Um, you know, everybody talks that nobody gets paid in, in in the UFC. Look how long John Jones has been out. John Jones, you got to be pretty rich to sit out for three years. You know, these guys have a lot of money. And once, once you get to that level of money, um, it's no different than, than the sale. 
you know, when we sold the company, some of the executives took off and, you know, they don't work anymore either. So it's not just in, in, in fighting, it's, it's, it's in life. You have to have a passion and a desire to continue to fight, and Connor still has it. Power Slap, Wednesdays, TBS, and all over TikTok, all over social media. I'm in. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate <laughs> it. Here on Radio Row in Phoenix, Arizona, and I'm joined by the UFC light heavyweight champion of the world, Sweet Dreams, Jamal Hill. Had you on before the fight. And, man, you were, pretty, you were feeling pretty confident, man. I want to take you back to that moment when you got that win. What were those emotions like going through you in the cage? Uh, it was just like a, a dream come true, like all the, all the hard work paying off. And it was just an amazing it was just an amazing feeling, you know. Um, I can't really describe it just because it was a wash of that and just a, a lot of different things, you know, just in the, being in an intense fight, you know, and uh, things like that. So, yeah, it was just it was just me just feeling the moment. Yeah, man. What the F y'all got to say now, man? You said that, and I felt it for you, man, because it was just like one of those, I know you've had the doubters, and I know you're not out here trying to prove the doubters wrong, but what was that validation like to prove that you you are the best in the world? Um, It was just, I was just happy. You know what I mean? I was happy. It wasn't more so just it was about the doubters. It was like that, that just more so just, it just makes it just a little bit sweeter. You know what I'm saying? Just because it's like, oh, you said I couldn't do this, this, and that. Say something what you got to say now. What's the next challenge? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Hey, so you said what's the next challenge? We we know somebody's supposedly coming. I mm. mean, we got we got people that's challenging you now. Who you want to see next? Um, <laughs> I, want, I want Yuri. Yuri's the fight that I want next. Um, but if he's not able to go, then whoever rises to the top next, you know, um, I've I've had to, I've had talks with some of the guys uh, uh, matchmaking and things like that, so I, I kind of got an idea, kind of like where their head is right now. Somebody gonna have to show them something right now, so somebody's gonna have to show them something. Yeah. I mean, so what's it like being the champ? Because I like how you said that. Where now you the champ? Now people are coming for you. Mm-hmm. What's that like to be the guy? Basically, you looking over the mountaintop, and I'm not saying you get to pick and choose who you want to fight, mm-hmm. but you know they got to come correct. I'm happy. It just means I'm gonna get the the, be- the next fight is gonna be a, is gonna, is gonna be the best fight. You know, um, just the top of the top. Um, yeah, it's just that. You know what I mean, I don't have to. I don't have to. I don't have to worry about like uh, all right, guys, or maybe just this for none of that. Mm-hmm. I get the best of the best, and it's it's the ultimate competition every time it happens. All right, man. So I gotta ask you. You talked about bringing the title back to Grand Rapids, man. So what was that like? You know, man, I don't know. Did you show it around the city? Do I mean people walking the way you wearing the belt now? Yeah. I like that, man. So what's it like to be able to show people where you from? That title that you carry. Um, it's, it's it's great. It's amazing. I've been to a couple. I've been I've been uh, been stopped to a couple places. I haven't really like made like my tour around the city. You know, um, I had some personal family things to deal with whenever I got back. So it's kind of been that, and then just been around your media and things like that. So uh, yeah, whenever I get back, I'm uh, I'm definitely gonna gonna tap in with the city. I heard they just put a billboard at me uh, next to the highway, so that's cool. Shout out to them for that. And, uh, yeah, I'm just... Again, we're talking to Jamal Hill here at Radio Row, man. So what's this experience like here? I mean, the Super Bowl coming up. What's that experience like for you, man? It's been great, man. It's been great, you know, just hanging around, just all the media, seeing the run-through and everything. I like how everything works. Y'all got, like, a nice little... <laughs> controlled circus that I got going yeah, on here. Something like that. But it's, uh, yeah, it's cool. It's cool, though, you know. Uh, taps in with the mind and kind of gets you wondering and kind of gets you going about like uh, all the things you can do like yeah 
all the things you can do, man. So, what, what you, you got some business stuff cooking up? I mean, I mean, always, man. I mean, you know, always. What you got working on? Yeah, always, you know, I'm always working on a, a few different things. Always trying to learn new things, you know, to uh, to get into. You know, I got my uh, my sweet dream strand coming out. My sweet dream knockout strand is coming out soon. It'll be uh, we're probably gonna roll it out first up back back home and things like that. Hopefully, eventually get it nationwide. And um, yeah, just working on that, getting my um, getting my networking up, social media, things like that. Man. Just trying to build that foundation for the family. Yeah, man, you're one of the best fighters on social media. I mean, not just clapping back at the trolls, man, but I like how you involved. Do you think you got to stay active, like on Twitter, on the Instagrams, to build up that fan base? Uh, I like to. I like to stay engaged. You know, um, I like to have fun. So I like to. I like to make people laugh. You know, um, that's something that that's enjoyable to me. You know, whenever I put together something funny and then seeing people enjoy it, you know, that's that's a good feeling and that's rewarding to me. All right, and the first time I had you on the show, man, I don't know if you remember this, but we were talking about basketball, man. We were talking mm-hmm. about hooping. So yeah. when's the last time you hooped, man? I mean, you got some time in Phoenix. Maybe me and you get on the court, man. What you got? Man, what's up, man? I'm always <laughs> down. I'm always down to get it. You know, uh, we pull together, pull together some of these, some of these basketball guys, so I can get. I mean, these football guys, so I can get some dubs over them. So I got something to hold over them too. All right, man, Jamal. Thank you for your time today, man. <laughs> All right, bro. Thank All you. Right, man. We're here in Radio Row in Phoenix, Arizona. Damon Cotton, the fight game on 1230, the game. And, I mean, I'm pleased to introduce my next guest, man. Real good get here. Juju Gotti from the Dan Lebitar Show, man. What's this Radio Row experience like for you? I was sad, man. This is so wavy, brother. This is gravy and wavy at the same time. A lot of networking opportunities. A lot of cool individuals roaming the premises such as yourself. Look at you right now. Turning the key <laughs> all black on black. I see you, brother. It's amazing. Now, man, I, yo, you talking about being fresh, man. Hey, man, you got the Bo Jackson jersey on. Obviously, I work with Raider Nation Radio, you man. So me? this is just perfect for me to go ahead and have you on right now today, you man. Went wrong. Tripped out, got the Jordans on and all. Yes, so sir. I know y'all be doing the MMA hangout on the Levitar and Friends Network, man. So let's talk about some UFC, man. Jamal Hill walking around Absolutely. here with oh, the title. God. I mean, <laughs> I told him when I talked to him, because I didn't interview him a couple of times now, yeah. it's just good to see a dude like that win. Right. After he got the win, what the F you got to say now? Right. It's just like, did you think he was going to beat Glover? Because I thought he had it in Bruh. the bag. When, when I saw the, the the schedule, I was like, oh, that's 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 shrimp pasta right there for, for Jamal. Like, <laughs> because I saw Glover's, I mean, salute to the legend. Like, legend. brother, he's a legend. But I saw how his last fight went, and it was more so his will that got him there versus What's my you feel me? He 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 another beast. But when he after the fight when he broke down, bro, it really brought me to a tear. I was like, damn, bro, like that's exactly what it's about right there mm-hmm. to see him climb that hill because he he used to be considered uh you know what I mean like not necessarily the most professional. Yep. The same way he hangs out with um with Kev Kevin um hey what's Kev name what that. Big Mouth, Kev. Uh, oh, Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, Kevin yeah, Holland. Him, him and Kev be always playing, and they don't even never show that side of themselves. Yeah. So to see that serious side come out at that moment was chef's kiss, you feel me? Man, because it's just the way he was able to do that, because he's, like I said, one of my favorite guys. Yeah. Who you thinking? I mean, if Yuri come back, you think he got him? Because even Perea, I know he got a tight fight, Izzy, but I wanted to see Alex Perea maybe get at him because that's dude a big, right, he's big right. for 185. Right, he is. You're right about that. It's it's so much parody right now in the in the in the fight game, dog. Yeah. I don't know. I I still got Hill, bro. I, I think he, I think he gonna be the champ for a while. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because you gotta you gotta beat the champ, man. I don't see nobody beating him like that for real. Yeah. Not at all. 
Again, we're talking to Juju Gotti here on the fight game. All right, so before yes, we sir. talk about 284 that's taking place this weekend, I want to talk about 285 first. Okay. John Jones coming back, Cyril oh, Gaon. What do you think about that? Because John Jones, he the GOAT to me. Yeah, okay, yeah. He, he the GOAT. He the GOAT. I wish – I wish the goat would stay, you know what I mean, keep it clean so we can we can be celebrating him like we supposed to. Yeah. But Don is a hey, he got a whole country. He got the whole man, he got I I don't know, bro. I think Don might get him. Because <laughs> you, oh, wow. look, I mean, breaking news, you hear here first. Uh I think Don been trying he been he ain't never stopped. Mm -hmm. He been fighting consistently. Big fight. I mean, he beat two of us like that wasn't no slack. Like, like it was a it went that way, but mm -hmm. He a, he a talented fighter, so I think that Gon going to clean him up respectfully, you feel me? But I think Big Bones done took off for too long, you feel me? Yeah, that layoff, man. Yeah, but I don't know. It's one of those, yeah. I'm not betting against Jordan. That's why I shoot the Super Bowl, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. you going to have to show me you betting because right, right, I'm right. like, yo. <laughs> it's one of those, I ain't betting against him. So you're right I, I'm just, you're going to have to show me Amen. before Amen. we lose. Amen. You're right. Hey, and then, so UFC 284 coming up this weekend. Yeah. I mean, the championship is going to be can he do it the double champ match champ versus champ islam makichev versus alexander the great volkanowski man I'm who always, you got what I'm you think about always, this matchup always taking vote big vote man let's go know, you know what i mean i'm always taking vote he i think he pound for pound to me in the world for real like he always bring it it don't matter if you take him to the ground he can stand up with you I mean, salute to him and salute to everybody involved, but I got big vote. Man, that's what I'm talking about. Yes, and then sir. I don't know if you heard the announcement, Conor McGregor, man, he coming back, the exactly. ultimate fighter. Are you in on the Conor? Because you talk about John Jones with the layoff. Yeah. With Conor, especially after the leg, you know, had, had the leg break right. on him during right. the fight. I don't know what Conor got left. It's Michael Chandler, and he go out there. He's putting on an exciting fight every time. Every time. But I think that's why it's a good matchup because maybe Conor can catch him. Yeah. But what do you think about Conor coming back? Yeah, I think he coming back. I think it's good for the sport for sure, absolutely good for the sport. But like you said, mm, Michael Chandler, that's a different animal. He just came off of Poirier. We see how, how uh, notorious <laughs> notorious uh, <laughs> MMA fought uh, Poirier, and then we see how Michael Chandler stood. Yeah, you know, he had the blood. That was nasty. You know what I mean? But I think Chandler might be a little bit too his momentum going too strong for yeah. Connor to come in and think he gonna just do that. You feel me? Yeah. I think I think he gonna have a tough a tough go at it on this season too as well with the show they they, they, um, they yeah, the ultimate that. fighter. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they're gonna have a tough one on that one as well because he a good coach. Chandler, not only he a good motivator, mm -hmm. he. He just an all around like a positive spirit. Like he walk in the room, he just make you feel his parents. Just a good dude, right, bro? We we met his parents as well. That good family. So I I really believe in Michael Chandler. You know what I mean? So I think he he done bit off a little bit more than he can chew, Connor. You feel me? <laughs> and then with Connor, he done got so big where it's like, bro, are right. you what you gonna be fighting at? Right. Are you gonna be able to make weight? Right. Yo, because he, he look like he on the juice a little bit. Like yo, my man out here. <laughs> He gassing up, man. No, no, no. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> Your reckless speculation. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Yo, but he looking a little big. Uh, <laughs> all right, Juju, man, before I let you get out of here, man, you got anything from? You got anything to tell people? What you got uh, nah, going on, man? Look, I'm, I'm so honored and appreciative to be a part of this, man. Like, I, I really appreciate you. Your camaraderie through all week, man. Yeah. Way, wavy, bro. I seen you at the, at the event last night. You yep. feel me? Like, nothing but good energy. I mean, I'm Juju Gotti. Check me out on everything. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Juju Gotti. Or not, you know what I mean? But keep supporting, <laughs> keep supporting this good brother right here because I know he's going all the way to the top. You feel me? Thank you, thank you. Yes, sir. Here on Unnecessary Roughness at Radio Row, 
talking to my main man, Sean O'Malley. The interview's so nice that we got to do it twice. Yep. Got cut off the other day on Monday, so we back at it again, man. What's this experience like at Radio Row for you? It's been good. You know, it's crazy how much uh, energy, doing just bouncing around from mm -hmm. table to table, doing media and stuff. It's fun. I enjoy it. Definitely takes uh, takes a minute. I had hard training this morning, too, so I feel pretty good. A little run down, but I'm here. All right, with no, with no fight announcement, what's the training like? You said you just got done with the training yep. session. Nothing announced, but are you just staying ready? What, what's, what was the session like today? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it's training in and out of camp. is pretty similar, you know, the last eight weeks from a fight. You know, the training is a little bit different, but really it's all year round. Pretty hard training. All right, so what you walking around with right now weight-wise? Because you're not that big of a guy, but, I mean, are you? Are, would you be able to take something, like, in two weeks if needed? Uh, you know, being in my position, I'd like to think a superstar like myself wouldn't uh -huh. have to take a super short notice. You know? Okay. Uh, I would like eight weeks minimum. Uh, yeah. I'm about 158 pounds right now, uh -huh. fight at 135. So uh, it takes takes a while to diet down and and, uh, and make the weight. So, you know, I mean, you got that new fight. You got that new deal with the UFC. I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but let's talk about it some more, how that came about with you getting that deal. Like, because I know that you're not in the spot. You are a superstar in the UFC, but you know, every, not everybody can just say, hey, man, I need a new deal now. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really go. I didn't approach it like that. I didn't say, hey, I need a new deal. I, I asked them, if, hey, I feel like I've earned a new contract, and, and they agreed. They, mm -hmm. they know the numbers. They see the statistics. They see the analytics. They know what I'm bringing in, the viewership, the, the money, the eyeballs. So, you know, they were gracious enough to agree that, you know, my contract wasn't up. So they were, they were, they were gracious enough to, to let me renegotiate at that time. Again, we're talking to the Sugar Show, Sean O'Malley here on the – here on Unnecessary Roughness and Radio Road, 920 AM. Man, we got to keep talking about this because we mentioned it a little bit before, but that's when we got cut off. We were talking about Triple C, yep. Aljo. Yep. You think that Henry Cejudo would be the better fight, but, I mean, who you leaning towards Henry, right? Um, if those guys fight, it's it's kind of a coin flip for me. I don't know how Henry's going to look after the layoff. Aljo's been looking really good. He's been dealing with this little bicep, this bicep injury, so mm -hmm. it's really hard to say. Um who I think is going to win that fight. I, I'm kind of just prepared for Aljo to say, hey, I'm not going to be able to fight. I have to figure out this <laughs> bicep injury. You know, you're fighting Henry Cejudo with a, with a half a bicep. You know, you got you got to be 100% ready to go against someone like that. So I'm kind of prepared to fight uh, Henry or Aljo if he wins. Yeah, I mean, because we saw that with TJ Dillashaw when he tried to take on Aljo. It was just, hey, man, that fight, you know, all the respect in the world to him, but there's nothing you can do. If you got one good arm, yeah. you're not going to make it in the UFC, man. Yeah, especially against a guy that's so strong and such a good grappler like Aljo. You're not going to go out there and out-wrestle him with one uh, shoulder. Yeah. All right, and again, man, so before we were talking about the legacy, you, it seems like you were going to the talk about, hey, you already want to be a double champ, haven't got a title fight yet, <laughs> but you're already thinking about that legacy and becoming a double champ, maybe even moving up in the future. Yeah, I mean, obviously, i got to go out there and become champ once. Yep. That, that, you got to do that first before you start talking about double champ status, but, you know, I, I get asked and I answer, yeah, I'd like to be <laughs> double champ, so so that's, that's kind of how it gets brought up. But, yeah, I understand I'm focused on, on the task at hand, and that's becoming the, the bantamweight champion of the UFC, and then eventually... When the time's right, moving up. I mean, that, that Bantamweight division, man, it is stacked. We know that. So who do you see if you make it past Aljo or Triple C? Who do you think that first title contender would be for you? Uh, if Cheeto goes out there and, and, mm. and beats Corey Sandhagen, it's, it's me versus Cheeto defending my belt. Massive fight. All right, something else that I've been wanting to ask you about, man, all the, all the Twitch streaming that you do on YouTube, yep. all the stuff that you do outside of fighting, man, how important is that for you to build up your fan base? 
Yeah, I think it's, you know, not only is it important to build up, uh, to help, you know, interact with my fans, because, yeah, stream on YouTube, play Call of Duty, interact with them every day, mm-hmm. but it's just something to kind of get my mind off fighting and, and yeah. get, get good at something else, and, and it's fun, and I've been a gamer my whole life, so it's cool to be able to have a lifestyle I can live, I can go train, I can game for a couple hours, and then go back to the gym and train, uh, but, yeah, it's, it's huge as far as interacting with the fans every day. Anybody in the world can go on YouTube when I'm gaming, mm-hmm. say what's up. I'm not going to necessarily read it, but I only have 300 you know, viewers at a time, so yeah. the chances are I, I, I might read it. And people get <laughs> excited when I just say their name. So I think it's, it goes a long way. Again, we're talking to Sean O'Malley on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. So, man, you talked about the YouTube and then, like, got to do something to get your mind off of fighting. What else do you like to do in your downtime in between the fights? Um... You know, I have a little daughter, two-year-old princess, so that keeps me busy. But but really, my life revolves around gaming, training, and, and recovery. You know, the, the sauna, the hot tub, the cold plunge, just recovering every day for, from the the day's work. So game, train, and being a dad is, is a full time. That's that, that takes up my days. And you got the brand here. I see you got the Sugar Merch on yep, it. Yep. How good is the website doing, man? Because I know that you've got the site as well, like the Sugar Merch, man. Yep. Are fans clamoring for more? SugarShop.co, yes, sir, they are. They are indeed. Uh, the brown sugar merch that I'm wearing right now, you know, sold off the shelves. It went crazy, so we're actually going <laughs> to re restock it. We're going to add a little beanie that I'm rocking with some socks. And, uh, yeah, the sugar merch has been doing really well. It's something I've been passionate about since I was 16, 17 years old. Kickboxing back in Montana coming up with really horrible designs. But still, <laughs> like, you know, you've got to start somewhere. So I've been doing the merch game for a long time. It's a fashion brand. It's a clothing brand. I don't even like really calling it merch as much as, okay, as okay. a clothing brand. So, so it's like so the clothing thing. You can talk about other stuff to get your mind off. So, is this something that you also passionate about designing? I mean, creating your own clothing. Yeah, yeah. My wife Danny and I, we we come up with the designs. Uh, Killer Merch, who I work with in in LA, they're the ones that kind of do all the all the extra stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, we can kind of come up with the designs and promote it. And yeah, you know, it's it's a uh, it's a fun venture. All right, man. Thank you for your time today, guys. Once again, this was the Sugar Show. Sean O'Malley joining me here on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio. Thank you for your time today, man. Yes, sir. And here we go, Raider Nation, another day live from Phoenix, Arizona. We're at the Convention Center. It's Radio Row. It is day four. Day four, and it is on and popping on this Thursday. Demon Cotton, your boy Q, and we're coming out swinging. Ding, ding. And what I mean by that is our next guest that we have, Henry Cejudo. How you doing, Henry? I'm doing good, man. How are you guys? Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> so you guys have been doing this stuff for four. Uh, what, what day is this? Since Monday? It's, 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 yeah, it's Thursday. Monday. Yeah, it's Thursday. We've been here since really Sunday night. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're grinding. Yeah, that's cool, man. You guys enjoying Phoenix? Yeah, it's pretty it's cool. Good. It's all right. <laughs> the, the Super Bowl's in Vegas next year, so you know. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. So, we, oh, so damn, we're getting ready. Cool. We're just getting that ready of that year. Yeah. Hey, wow. next year it's in Vegas, so it's going to be even dude, bigger and better. What do you guys think about the stadium now that's in Vegas? I mean, obviously, obviously having the Raiders. Are you guys, you guys are, you guys have been there since the beginning. Yeah, yes. we're the flagship station for the Silver and Black. So uh, yeah, Raider Nation Radio, uh, Legion Stadium is amazing. It's yeah. beautiful. It's it's absolutely it's it's the best best place. Uh, I think you you'd have a good uh, big time match there. Good time there. I mean, have you been yet? Uh, to the Raiders Stadium, I haven't, but I'm in Vegas. I'm in Vegas at least six six times a year, man. I'm always out there. Yeah, man. All right, so I got to just months. jump right into it, man. Yeah. We know that Aljo, he's got that bicep injury. We don't know when it's going to happen, but when do you but think? That's what he says. He says Ooh, he's got go that bicep to, injury. Go on to get it now. I mean, go on to get it. title fight, man. <laughs> when is it going to happen? Do you know? Man, I don't know, man. As far as I'm concerned, I think he's just going to dodge me, man. I think I may end up fighting Sean O'Malley. These dudes are afraid of. Uh, they're afraid of my wrestling. My my wrestling is better than theirs, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know, bro. I don't know how to answer that. 
You know what I mean? All, only Al Jermaine knows. Only he knows he's lying. That's all there is to it. <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that because you might have to fight Sean O'Malley for the interim title. Even I, better. I had even him easier. on earlier this week. You said even easier. He said that he would want to fight you. So you think he's an easier matchup than Aljo? Yeah. Yeah, because he's got no wrestling. He's got better striking. Yeah. But uh, he doesn't have that grit in him. He's just a showman. He's a hype train. You know, that's all he's, you know, that's all there is to it, bro. You know, looking like Krusty the Clown. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love it. Tripping. I'm like, what did you just say? I like it. I'm sure he's a good dude or whatnot, but no, when it comes to the competition, there's just levels, bro, and I'm proven. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I love, hey, he's, man. He's, just, he's, he's, he's stuck on that YouTube, you know what I'm saying? Get, wow. Getting kids hooked up. <laughs> <laughs> Henry Cejudo is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. We're on Radio Row here in Phoenix. So when you – I mean, what, what got you What got you in, involved in this? Because he, he's, deep, he's deep into the fight game. I'm not. But I, I'm always intrigued by how you got started. You know, what was the passion? What's the burn? Um. What burns you talking about, bro? But uh, you know, the, what kind of burn you uh, thinking? <laughs> what, what are we talking about? <laughs> it's called more desire, man. Okay, you know, yeah. it's just competition, bro. That's all yeah. there is to it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And uh, it, that, that's all there is to it. You start to discover your gift. You start. You like it. Become a fan of something. Mm-hmm. You're intrigued by it. All right. I no longer want to become a fan. I want to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's probably like like you know football. Right. You watched it on TV. You know, you saw Joe Montana. Who's your era? Oh man, I was I, I was Joe Montana. I was you know Jim Plunkett. I mean, I, I was I was all that. Even though the Raiders haven't won a Super Bowl since '83. I mean, I was and I was a young cat then. But yeah, that, that was I'm 46 now. So you know, I, I had that good wheelhouse. I had that good wheelhouse. And for those that don't know out there, Henry Cejudo, he's the only fighter in UFC history to have an Olympic gold medal and win a UFC title, UFC flightweight champion and former bantamweight champion. What, what was that drive like? You talk, you talk about the drive, the desire to even want to come back because you've done it all. You could have retired and been one of the all-time greats already, but now you're coming back, man. So what's, what's bringing you out? You know, what's bringing me is easy money. <laughs> keeping it real. Hey, keeping it real. Easy money, bro. <laughs> yeah. Starting off with Al Jiz Lane to Ronald McDonald, bro. They're all easy money, dude. I'm ready to clean shop. I'm a, I'm about to rob the bank with my with you know, freaking noon. Wow. Like that's all there is to it. But honestly, it's just taking three years off, dude. It's just you know, finding that drive once again. Because mm-hmm. it is, it is. You know, I've been doing this since the age of eleven. Twenty-one won the Olympics. Waited ten years. Won, won the UFC town. Then won another belt on top of that. You know, brother needs a break, man. Want to mm-hmm. have kids? You know, travel the world, enjoy there you my go. money, hey, enjoy, enjoy my millions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I gotta ask <laughs> and you. And now man. I ran out of millions. <laughs> <laughs> gotta get back. Gotta get back. Money done ran out. The ATM machine <laughs> ran out. Hey, guess what, guys? It's the easiest way to make money, too, man. So I just. It's like you know what, screw it. I'll do it again. Yo, you, I, you already here. You out here clowning. I love the honesty. I love the honesty oh, no, though, because you know. I was just about to ask him about that. He, you're so honest. I mean, people. Some people consider you a troll, man. But what do you? What, what is it like that social media engagement that you have, where you're just not afraid? We hearing it right now. You're not afraid to say what's on your mind. Oh, why not, dude? You know what I'm saying? I'm not here to make friends, bro. I'm here to take over, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm here to <laughs> cash checks, crack necks. <laughs> <laughs> celebrate, bro. Be by the beach. You know what I mean? Like this is this is this is strictly business. And if I got to sell a fight to do it, then this is what it is. All right. And, and so I'm not, I'm not here to be that humble dude that's in a bow. Dude, that ain't mixed martial arts. We're about to stick each other. 
You know, I don't believe in that stuff. You know what I mean? There it is. Yeah. 1,000%, man. <laughs> Something else I want to talk. You know, because you see it all the time where people are just like, oh, man, you know, but I like it where you you got to come out here. It's a fight at the end of the day. It but is. I want you to give us a little preview of some fights, man, because you also you can do it in the cage, but you're also a great analyst. I see you got the YouTube channel going where you're breaking down fights. Islam Makachev and then Alexander Volkanovsky. Who do you think has the edge in that fight? The, um, Islam Makachev. Islam Makachev is about to mop the floor with that dude. <laughs> he's in a mop. Of why? He's, he's a bigger man. He's got better wrestling. His top control. If you're not ready for a top control that Islam has, you're in trouble. You don't need, you need about a whole year to really understand the game of wrestling. Mm -hmm. To understand just that position, which is, he's going to hurt him, bro. He's going to stop him between the third and fourth round. Alexander Volkanovsky is about to be chopped liver, man. He's about to lose his pound for pound uh, crown. It's unfortunate because I wanted to fight Volkanovsky, but, you know, he's, now he's going to have a blemish and, you know, and I'm next. Do you think you could be the first three-time world champ, three-time division champ? They doubted me winning the Olympics. They doubted me winning two belts. Why not? Why not? It's the challenge, bro. That's the motivation. I want to do things that nobody has ever done. I'm, I'm already in a, I'm already in a mountain of my own. I'm trying to I'm trying to just be on a mountain on top of a mountain. You know what I'm saying? I'm here to make history. Like like cringe aside, persona aside, I'm just an <laughs> ultimate competitor, and I want to take it to a whole other level that people be like, damn. He said what he was going to. was not even. It's not even for them, bro. It's, it's more for me. Mm. I'm challenging my damn soul. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm going to have fun while doing it. I love it. I love it. Henry Cejudo is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. I wanted to pass along this message we got on our don'tbebroke.com text line from Sir Whiskey Ray. He said, this is why I absolutely love UFC. Thanks for having Henry C. on the airwaves. Ask him if there's any interest to in getting it on with Brandon Moreto. Thanks, guys. Uh, that's, that's another guy that's easy money. Yeah. That's another one that's easy money, you know. I used to train with Brandon Moreno. We used to train together, and he knows what I used to do to him in practice, and I've only gotten better, and so has he. Mm -hmm. But I'm just I'm, I'm like his big brother, dude. I heard him. Well, Henry, thank you for stopping by the table, man. This has been a blast. Thank you for keeping it real. I don't care what keeping they say about the cringe. I know it's not cringe. It's honesty, man, and I love it. Yeah, people hate the truth, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> people hate the truth. It's unfortunate, but they hate the truth. You know what I'm saying? Back on Radio Row with the Las Vegas Sports Network, and I'm joined by Brian Curtis from The Ringer. So I've got to ask you a question that you asked one of your guests on the press box. What do you get out of Radio Row? <laughs> well, for me, this kind of is my Super Bowl. Chiefs, Eagles is secondary to me, but as a guy who writes about the media, everybody's here. Mm -hmm. And they're here in this, you know, strange room. They're interviewing people. They're running around. They're plugging products. This is kind of the, the highlight of my whole week. Yeah, this is my first radio row, so it is a unique experience with all of the media here. What's the favorite storyline that you found from someone that you talked to, not so much about the game, but the favorite story that you ran into from someone that you've been covering? It's always an interesting check on the whole industry, right? Uh -huh. We see sports radio stations. We see podcasts. We see this competition for who gets the best guests. Yes. Which would, you know, probably this week goes to Tom Brady, <laughs> I think. Uh, that was a remote when he wasn't here, but talking about his future at Fox mm -hmm. and stuff like that. It's, yeah, there's always just interesting little bits to find. Yesterday, you weren't here for it, but the station right behind us in East, in East Texas, they're, for, they're based out of Tyler. They had Tony Dorsett, Emmett Smith, and Earl Campbell oh all at the same table for the interview. <laughs> for me, that was, the fir that was the, my first pinch myself moment from being at Radio Row because you're not going to see that anywhere else. Is that the apex mountain of Tyler, Texas sports radio? <laughs> I know they've heard Earl because he's from Tyler, but yeah. other than that, that's, that's 
pretty awesome booking. Yeah, where it's just where you see things like that that you're not going to see anywhere else. When it comes to the game, what do you think is the biggest storyline going into the game? Obviously, two African-American quarterbacks starting. That's the right. Kelsey Bowl with the brothers. Andy Reid, the revenge game. What's the biggest storyline for this game that has so many? It's, uh, it's an interesting-to-me matchup between Superman, a.k.a. Patrick Mahomes, and a team that's just good at everything. Right, a team that doesn't do anything wrong. You know, it's like watching the NFC Championship game. Greg Olson points out, you know, the Eagles have maybe the best offensive line in football, and they lead the league in sacks. Right. Yes. So it's just it. And we, I feel we've seen that, you know, in Super Bowls or NBA Finals before. We have greatest player MVP versus a lot of good guys. Reminds me a little bit of the the Eagles Patriots Super Bowl from a couple of years ago. And then the call of the game. This is going to be on yes. Fox. What do you think about the Fox setup? Because the pregame show, it's getting a little it's getting, the Fox pregame show is getting a little old. But then the call is Greg Olson gonna be the color on this game? He's gonna he is, yeah. I think that he's he's surmounted I don't know what they're gonna do with Tom Brady. I know he says he's taking a year off, but there's no way he can take that seat from Greg Olson. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? Um, I kind of have it's funny, I'm getting two indications here. One is that Tom Brady's getting ready to be an announcer and will really be competitive about what kind of announcer he can be. And the other indication is that Tom Brady will just, in the next year, because he said he, if he starts at Fox, it won't happen until fall 24, will just find something else to do. And I could see either one of those things happening. Could he be a minority owner of a team? Could he be doing some business thing where he's making bazillions of dollars that you and I don't know about because we don't <laughs> exist in that stratosphere? I could imagine any of those things. But Greg Olson's been really good. And your point about, you know, old people who've been on TV forever versus new faces is exactly right. I mean, I'm, I'm not young. And Terry Bradshaw started on Fox NFL Sunday when I was in high school. <laughs> so, you know, whenever we get a fresh face and they're really good, like Greg Olson, mm -hmm. we're like, oh, this is different. It's yeah. Again, we're talking to Brian Curtis here on Radio Row. You talked about Greg Olson and how he's ascended. He's taken that spot from Tony Romo, who a couple of years ago was the oh. darling when it comes to Tony Romo. Why do you think that the backlash <laughs> has come for Tony Romo? There's only so many times in our lives we can hear, Jim! <laughs> Jim, this is so exciting, Jim! He, Tony Romo had this thing in 2017 where he was enthusiastic about football. Yes! Oh, finally an announcer who smiles, right? Not those dour announcers who look like they're upset to be at a football game. And then Tony Romo kind of did that bit over and over and over again. And if you watch the AFC Championship game, he was enthusiastic, but he wasn't doing the other parts of the job, like breaking down the game, like varying up his approach so you're not just screaming on every play. Right, that's part of being an announcer. And I think the thing about him is he hasn't gotten better since 2017. If anything, I think he's actually gotten worse. And all these, you know, Greg Olson got a lot better this year. Mm -hmm. Troy Aikman, I think, has gotten better in the last five years. But Tony has regressed, and people noticed. All right, going to wrap up. Only got a couple more for you, but something that I did want to ask you. What's the key to the long-form interview? Because oh you my do it gosh. so well in podcasting. Well, thank you uh, for saying that. To me, a couple things. One is just thinking of it as a structured interview. So I'm going to start with the listeners in one place and we're going to go to another place. It doesn't have to be necessarily the timeline of that person's life or career, but just putting questions in sort of a logical order. So you feel if you're going to spend 45 minutes with someone that you're going from point A to point B. And then the second one, and to me, the one that actually helps me the most is thinking hard, hard, hard about what I ask and rehearsing the questions, writing them all out. 
saying them out loud and then ripping them up because it's like, oh, that read well, but it sounds terrible when it comes out of my mouth. I just rehearse them as much as I can, humanly can so that when I am actually sitting next to someone, I'm like, not just like, uh, 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 what, what was I going to ask you again? I actually know what I want to ask rather than just the subject I want to talk about. All right, you might not have an answer, but I still have to ask. Uh-oh. The overworked Twitter joke for Radio <laughs> Room. I, I feel like they've been coming in today. We, di- we definitely had the Kyrie Irving one. Did you see that later <laughs> in the week that he was going to teach Luka Doncic all these uh, conspiracy yes. theories? <laughs> that was a big one. I'm looking at my Twitter, my Twitter mentions right now. I think that's the latest one I got. But don't you know during the Super Bowl there will be thousands. Like that, it's going to be hard <laughs> to pick. I can't, man, I can't wait for the Super Bowl. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. That's our show, and if you stuck around this long, I want to say thank you, and you probably won't mind hearing me talk a little bit more. I just want to tell you about the Radio Row experience. I'm so grateful and honored to be able to be out in Phoenix, Arizona for an entire week covering the Super Bowl, providing great content for the station, Raider Nation Radio, ESPN Las Vegas, the entire Las Vegas Sports Network. It was a humbling experience, a tiring week, so much effort put in from everyone involved, getting into Phoenix from Sunday night and leaving on the first thing smoking Friday night when we finished Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio. Again, I want to give another shout out to Dave Lockett in the UFC. I mean, really making all of those interviews happen with current UFC champions, number one contenders, former UFC champions, and the boss himself, Dana White. Thank you to Juju Gotti. Thank you to Brian Curtis from The Ringer from joining me on the show as well. I cannot tell you how honored I am, the connections that I made, the people that I've met, a star here, a star there, a star everywhere. Radio Row from the Super Bowl was a pleasure And I'm thankful for all the guests that we had here on The Fight Game. As I say each and every week to close out the show, stay safe and protect yourself at all times, everybody. This has been The Fight Game with Damon Cotton. Thank you for listening.